and train them how to receive. So that's what to some person seemed to be a dichotomy or a dilemma or something, you know, contradiction. Rabindra Srupabha was going to discuss that topic with us. Okay. Did I get it? Now it's on. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Panchakal Patrubhisya Kripasindhi Bhyebhaja Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namonamaha. One thing I've learned, I think, in spiritual life, that to be successful in spiritual life, you have to do apparently contradictory things at the same time. Prabhupada pulled it off. He could be very conservative and very liberal, both at the same time. And we should learn this. Uh, it always happens, you know, that, that Iskran has a kind of left wing and a right wing all the time. But that's, a, that's re- really, and, and socially I guess that will happen. But, but, but actually, if you look at Srila Prabhupada, he was extremely conservative and radical as anything. There was a time when, uh, well, for, for, for example, I, I, I mean, Prabhupada looked at his audience uh, and uh, uh, originally he said to people, as far as clothing, that clothes is an issue, you know, clothes philosophy, which we wear these dhotis or not, uh, does it put people off? Prabhupada um, originally said that he simply wanted his uh, uh, followers not to dress like hippies, uh, but like ladies and gentlemen, he said. But they should have shaved head, flag, he called the Sika flag, and Tilak. And you can see some pictures of Prabhupada early on in there airports and stuff and the people behind them are wearing you know suits tilak like that but then everybody uh, his young audience really liked dodies they they were into it it was kind of surprising to Prabhupada. Uh, that was kind of, in a way, an artifact of the counterculture because in the counterculture there was always a competition to see who could be farthest out. <laughs> and so, you know, people were... To, and you wanted to freak other people out. I mean, hippies did not call themselves hippies. They called themselves freaks. Hippie was a journalist term. And they called themselves freaks. And so, you know, you would see this, this uh, a man with long flowing hair, which was like really wild, and people wearing bells all over their clothes, and, you know, the electric Kool Aid acid test with his school, you know, old school bus with psychedelic paintings. Although, anyway, this was. Uh, so the devotees were really happy to be far out. 
they were very happy to be far out. So, you know, the Dodies and... Uh, I mean, women didn't look so strange in a sari, but for a men to wear what one... Uh, um, Psychologist, uh, one, one devotee went to. He was going to be drafted. He had to go to the draft board. So naturally, he shaved his head twice. We used to do it, by the way, with the grain, then against the grain. So it was like a ping pong ball. <laughs> And then in the early days, we didn't really quite know. People had long, long, bushy sikas untied. So you had this combination of a completely shaved head and very long sikas. If you go to the Los Angeles temple and you see depictions of Lord Chaitanya and his associates, all of them have hair like that with these long, very long <laughs> Uh, and then the T-lock. So this devotee went to the psychiatrist, the army psychiatrist, and wanted to get a, you know, exemption uh, for, for mental reasons. And so he just <laughs> had his head shaved. And so I saw the psychiatrist report. He wasn't drafted. And he described him as wearing a large diaper. <laughs> And that the shaved head meant that he was infantilized like a little baby, that there was this kind of regression to infancy and, and, and so on, you know. <laughs> and so the devotees were very happy to be quite, quite different from everybody else and to be really, really far out. <laughs> so that's why... <laughs> So, but Prabhupada never really insisted on that, although he did, you know, the tilak and the shaved head and the sika, he, 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 he wanted that uh, uh, for the devotees uh, to, to be like that. So there was an experiment to see what would work. And then when Prabhupada was at, 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 um, at uh, uh, University of Ohio, um, one, one of the persons that showed up in New York was Allen Ginsberg. And uh, Allen Ginsberg attracted a huge following. He had just been to India. He had been in Vrindavan. He was a total Mayavadi, of course, Ginsberg. Uh, that was his idea. But he had a harmonium that he had gotten in Vrindavan. And... Uh, uh, and uh, liked to, like to chant, and he attracted people to come. So when Prabhupada went to the mantra rock dance in, in, in California, Ginsburg led the kirtan. Prabhupada was on stage with him, and he did the same thing. He did the same thing in... in uh, Ohio, University of Ohio. Ginsburg was on stage with Prabhupada. Ginsburg led the led the kirtan. I mean, that's pretty far out. Allen Ginsburg, if you don't, he was a, 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 a sort of a famous. First, he was a beatnik, and then he survived the transition from beatnik to hippie. Prabhupada had him with him. He was he, at that time. He was the most well-known, openly gay man in America. 
and he had his boyfriend with him when he was doing this and in Ohio he's there in the, with Prabhupada talking when they're recording and Allen Ginsberg says I think the Swami is very conservative <laughs> conservative I'm sure Prabhupada's thinking of what his godbrothers would say uh, when, when, when he, he he did this uh, so So somehow, so Prabhupada was happy to to see the traditional clothes, and actually, if you at least want to do puja and all these things, these are 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 required uh, uh, clothing. Um, So, so Prabhupada managed to be both very conservative and very radical, and the idea is to give people Krishna consciousness and actually give them. Krishna consciousness. If anything was really off-putting, he didn't really mind making whatever adjustments need to be made. But the point had to be there that you did not compromise or in any way water down the requirements of Krishna consciousness. Some things are there. The four regulative principles. I don't think anybody's advocating changing that. Although... One devotee said to me once early in the day, yeah, I'm following the two regular principles. <laughs> he called the shadow of his God, you know, <laughs> the two regular principles and, uh, and so on. So, the, But, but the, the, the requirements for spiritual life haven't really changed. And uh, the, the external features are there uh, to help us. Uh, for, for myself, in, in, so, in some ways, uh, things have gotten, you know, the, the counterculture is dead, but it's, 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 it's been absorbed. And I, I personally don't really think that that many people are put off by our clothes. I don't think it's an insurmountable obstacle. Uh, uh, but I, I don't think it's, it's a requirement either. Uh, you accept what's favorable, you re- reject what's unfavorable. So uh, to, to me, there's, there's, not, there's not really a, 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 an issue. What I what I what I what I think that really needs to be uh, always, even if you have are cultivating people outside of the normal ISKCON structure, that's been going on now for years and years and years. We we have we have been doing it without making a big deal out of it, uh, uh, and. Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, I, I remember having meetings and talking about how can we connect with uh, the yoga crowd. See, the, thi- the, th- the religious movement spread really through social networks. The reason there, there was a Hare Krishna explosion in the beginning was that we connected with a social network. 
we like to tell ourselves that our, so there's sort of a, was a paradigm of how people come devotees. They get a book, they read it, their minds are changed, they come to the temple and they surrender. Rarely does that happen. I got a book. I, I, I saw the weird Hare Krishna devotees at, the, at a campus. My very first thought was, my God, I'd never do anything like that. They were jumping up and you'd never catch me doing anything. My very first thought, right? But then I, I was a, a graduate student in religious studies and I thought, but you know, this is really interesting because now the missionaries are coming this way. We used to always be sending missionaries to India at the church, you know, to convert the heathens and now it's come this way so there must be like some really interesting change in the spiritual ecology of the world that is happening. So I should go up and talk to these people. So in the mood of an anthropologist <laughs> or, you know, with a detachment of, I went and talked to the uh, uh, a devotee. He gave me a, a, a little booklet called Who is Crazy? <laughs> was the name who is crazy and, and I and I and, and I, I you know just kind of looked at these people and they were people I could recognize but they looked really different and I read the book uh, and I was such a Mayavadi that that I, I, I really couldn't really understand it uh, it may have ended there but then a friend of mine who had been one of my friends in uh, undergraduate college called me up and says hey man there's this far out love feast you gotta come <laughs> and if it weren't for my friend I don't know if I would have would have come you know? it was at that time it was like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that they had the Sunday feast I had to get up early <laughs> you couldn't smoke you know but you know and but then that was transformative. I mean, it was very, very strange. But when the devotee gave this heavy, alienating talk about the four regular principles, I thought, my God, he's telling the truth. I knew that, you know, that, that just from Buddhism, you know, you, you had to give up material desires and that the, they were the cause of all our suffering. I believe that. And this guy, I was impressed the devotee was telling the truth about it. And he talked about controlling the senses and you have to give your senses spiritual engagement. Uh, that was a new idea because all I had studied, I had Hinduism courses, they're all Mayavadi, no idea, no idea of ever there of, you know, engaging the senses. I got some beats and I started chanting and everything started to change. But it was because I had friends who were in that circle of people that was that that that, that social that social network uh, uh, that 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 uh, and and in a way it was very useful to to do these things with shaving your head I showed up at the religion department where I was teaching actually <laughs> with the, the dodi on in those days you just, just nobody ever wore army clothes for anything 
was like really rigorous. But it was quite useful. It was quite useful to suddenly like be a different person and to walk into an office and everybody hates you. You know, the, the secretaries used to be so nice and polite are now like pretending you don't exist and the, star, the, the storekeepers won't look you in the eye. You know, they're always looking right to the left, to the right because they can't quite grab, you know. It was, it was very, uh, to me, it was a very valuable experience actually of being alienated from my own culture. Uh, so, for, 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 uh, so it was. It, anyway, it served some, 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 some useful, uh, useful function. So we 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 spreads the social network. So uh, we were thinking, you know, we've we've missed out now. The the, the counterculture network is is over. Uh, uh, pretty much, but there's other people, the yoga people. We we haven't connected with them, and so let's make some deliberate efforts to connect with these other uh, kind of uh, 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 social networks. And and, and our, uh, then at one point we had these straight edge kids coming. That was another social network. You know, the the, the, the second social network was Indian people. That's why suddenly, because Indian immigrants started coming to America, they started to show up. We didn't know what to do with the Indians. Because our idea of becoming a devotee was to drop out of everything and move into the temple and shave your head. Try to tell somebody who's just coming, you know, with a residency to America or just got a job in an engineering firm all the way from India that he should drop out. They weren't up for it. <laughs> they weren't up for it. We, we, we couldn't deal with it. And people would say, you know, you can't preach to Indians. It's just like preaching to a bloop devotee. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. Because they wouldn't do what we thought. They were kind of immune to our appeals to, you know, drop out of the material world and become a full-time Hare Krishna devotee. It was a different... Oh, gradually... And, but they didn't go away. They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. Even if you were pretty rude about the whole thing, they still kept coming. <laughs> and they began to chant Hare Krishna at home. Well, Prabhupada said, actually, you can stay at home and do this. Look, look what he said, you know. And, and, and I mean, for most of us, I mean, the reason I, I moved into a temple was I could not get devotee association any other way at that time. You couldn't. The only way you you could get a devotee association was to was to live in the temple uh, ashram situation. Uh, uh, so our circumstances are changing, but the idea of the, of the, uh, of, of uh, people when you get these social networks, when 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 we, when, when, uh, when straight edge people got interested in Krishna consciousness, in uh, uh, Philadelphia Temple we gave shelter to shelter <laughs> uh, before it was shelter. Uh, a ray of today, you know, was was there, and suddenly the temple filled with young kids. It just all came there, and then they started to come again. So, so these are these are things we should learn. That our idea is to is to, to spread Krishna consciousness, to somehow or other connect with other people, uh, 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 and 
so so we do, we do need we do need um, social networks with people. We do need to to uh, appeal to everyone eventually. So whatever that takes. Um, uh, so. So, so anyway, it may look like sometimes you're contradictory. Uh, it may, it may, may look like you're being liberal, but we keep the core principles of Christian economy. We are really conservative. People, you know, you, you have a right wing in America, you know. But we are so far to the right. We believe in kings. <laughs> That's how conservative we are. We we believe in kings. The, I asked Prabhupada. I was I was I was uh, interviewing him for Back to Godhead magazine on the occasion of uh, the in, uh, anniversary of 200th anniversary of America. We had one had a, a BTG. So I interviewed Prabhupada, and of course the interview I said to him. Did create, Krishna create the perfect form of government? And Prabhupada said, yes, Kshatriyas. That's what he said. I mean, you know, I mean, this was, this was, this was his take on our, our American society. He told reporters, he said, in your society, he said, there are, there are, this was in an airport, you know, he said, in your society, everyone is a shudra, and there are a few vaishas. That's what he said. They asked, they, they, they asked him, the reporters asked him, why have you come to the West? And Prabhupada said, I have come to give you a brain. <laughs> Prabhupada liked to do this to reporters, by the way. <laughs> He said, I've come to give you a brain. But he was quite, was quite serious. He says, your society is a headless society. And he explained how that has be head, arms, belly, and leg. And your society has no brain. I've come to give you a brain. He said, and then later on in the course of that, he said, actually in your society, everyone is a shudra. And there are a few vaishas. So if you want to know a conspiracy theory, there it is. Huh? <laughs> and you may notice it's quite true. The government is really being run for the sake of a few vaishas. And all the governments. You've seen what happened now. Anyway, that's another topic. But, but, but uh, uh, to, to, to Know how, what to, what what to do. Thing the the, the 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 really basic things. If we do the basic things of Krishna consciousness correctly, uh, uh, we 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 follow our sadhana strictly. Krishna will give us the intelligence what to do. Uh, he'll make he'll make all arrangements. There are people there that want Krishna. He'll 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 teach us. He'll make us run into him, he'll do it. Prabhupada didn't know what to expect when he came to America. Uh, he knew English, but he didn't know if people would be able to understand him. Uh, uh, but, but when the people that, that, that showed up, you see that there's some, there's some uh, spark in there that you can fan. You just find that little spark and you fan it. 
and, and you learn how to get people to tell you what their misgivings or their doubts are, and then you deal with them. And just gradually add a little more Krishna consciousness, subtract a little more Maya. Krishna consciousness increases, and, and this way uh, 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 we, 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 can, we can cultivate people. So I, I don't. I, I, I somehow or other, to me, just to look on the outside and say, you know, what are the rules and regulations? You have to, we have to understand what the what the real principles are. Uh, to contact people, to make connection with people, and give them Krishna consciousness, real Krishna consciousness. Uh, if you water it down, if you never get to that point, then uh, uh, yeah, you're doing something wrong. Okay. Good. I probably spoke more than my. That's that was it was pretty nice though. Are you ready for part two? How are you going to follow that act? My <clears throat> section isn't about pain, so I'll do it painfully. Try okay. to follow that. <clears throat> um. For spiritual elevation, we've been hearing we need the mercy of Krishna. The mercy of Krishna comes through those who Krishna empowers, gives his mercy to be distributed to others. And in the process of distributing that mercy, someone receives some and they're trying to go toward Krishna and get more and more mercy. But their circumstances of life sometimes become very difficult, sometimes become very severe. Sometimes they forget the mercy part of their life and just get latched onto the difficult circumstances. So what are some of the things that somebody in that plight, that awkward, difficult, painful, painful circumstance can stay faithful and in the shelter of Krishna's descending mercy and connected to their source of Krishna's mercy, their spiritual masters or whatever. Hi Krishna. This is, I'm thinking this is one of those topics that books could be and should be and written on. It's a it's a big it's a big it's a big topic and I'll just <clears throat> Marshall's kind enough to give me some time to think about it last night, so a few thoughts. And certainly there's no one answer. It's not the kind of thing what do you do when the starter motor in your car is not working right? You know, if there's one answer, you replace the starter. And of course, you know, this is a much more complicated topic. In one sense, the one simple answer is take shelter of Krishna. That's clearly the one simple answer. But that means different things at different times and for different people. There's different ways of taking shelter of Krishna to get us through the difficult times. So just a few thoughts. First of all, it's, it's essential that we keep a philosophical outlook on things. Because we have to, if we keep things in, in, in context, 
that makes a big difference. I mean, sometimes I try to remember understand from our Vedic perspective how many millions of species there are and how rare it is just to have a human form of life and then how rare it is to be living in a place where we're not just struggling moment to moment just for existence and practically no time for spiritual or religious pursuits how rare it is to have the opportunity to associate with the pure devotee how rare it is to have the opportunity to hear about Vaishnava truth, how rare it is to have take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master, how rare it is to be able to be serious about our spiritual practice and with all of that going for us if there's some obstacle it's kind of like if you're driving from LA to California and you get a flat tire well in the context of excuse me, from New York to to Los Angeles. In the context of this, whatever it is, 4,000-mile drive, one flat tire takes you half an hour. It's not such a big deal. If you're just trying to get from here to the office, it's a five-minute drive, and you get a 45-minute flat tire. It's like, oh, my gosh, what a headache. But if you're getting all the way to L.A., well, in terms of crossing the country, (coughs) it's not such a big thing. Because look what I'm achieving in the process. So I think that's one thing, you know, to keep things in perspective. I mean, I've got a man's body and by Krishna's grace, at least this lifetime around, don't have to understand what childbirth is like. But from what we understand, it's a rather tedious process. And I think, if I remember correctly, Prabhupada even mentions that although it's so painful, once the child is there, you know, the mother's ready to have more children. Because the value of the child is so great. Okay, childbirth, you know, it's horrible and it's painful and, you know, maybe men can't hack it. That's why we don't have to go through it. But in the context of bringing a child into the world and raising a family, the pain involved, it's, it's all relative. It's a huge amount of pain. But in terms of the reward that you get, okay, I'll deal with it. So I think that's an important thing for us to kind of keep that context. What are we actually working to achieve? You know, and as we know, love of God, there's nothing more rare and more valuable than love of God. So it's not like we're tolerating something just to get a raise, or we're tolerating something just to get a better car, or making the payment, or I need to put up with this job, or whatever, or do I have to deal with this person at the office because I'm just trying to get some temporary benefit. But I'm, I'm trying to awaken love of God. And for that, if there's some little price to be paid, okay, not such a big price. Not such a big price to be paid. And and just we know, you know, just a few references from from our our Shastra. Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, those who are constantly devoted and worship me with love. He doesn't say those who are occasionally <laughs> devoted or worship me with love, or those who on Sunday morning, or for us, those who on Sunday evening, in order to get a nice feast, worship me with love. <laughs> He doesn't say that. He says constantly worship me with love. So that's kind of, you know, it's a test. And I think also philosophically, we, I mean, we're personless. We understand that we're very, very small, but we have our minute freedom. We can say yes to Krishna. We can say no to Krishna. And unlike our Christian friends that blame our great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother for listening to a snake, we understand that... In a sense, we became a snake. You know, Rabindu was saying yesterday about his experience of this sense of grief. I turned away from Krishna and I rejected Krishna. So this idea that, you know, it's me. I turned away from Krishna. <clears throat> That's why I'm here. And I have 
to demonstrate to Krishna that I really want him again. I really want to be a devotee. So Maya is going to offer me so many different temptations. There's going to be so many different allurements, which because of my particular body or mind or false ego may be impediments. There may be so many obstacles than things that I find painful. And I think many of us experience that the pain of a particular situation, and, and there's... And oftentimes, I can't say all the times, oftentimes our mental reaction to the situation is much worse than the situation. I mean, sometimes we lose something, you know, something is taken away from us and we're, we're very upset. You know, let's say you lose some money, but then you think, well, I'm still eating. I'm still, you know, I've got a roof over my head. Maybe when it's very difficult, I, maybe the roof now is in my mother's house instead of what used to be my house, but I've still got a roof over my head. You know, I can still chant Hare Krishna. So, I mean, in general, at least those of us in, in this country especially, I mean, the, the types of pains and difficulties we experience, oftentimes they're very much the mind just simply intensifies it. And we know Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita and all the acharyas tell us that this, 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 this little voice up here, as Arvind again yesterday was telling me, a little voice up here is not our friend. I don't know about your little voices, but I, I, one thing I'm absolutely convinced of, this little guy up here is not my friend. And then after years and years of practicing Krishna consciousness, he hasn't learned a whole lot. So it's really it's a question. Try to ignore as much as possible. Rectification is a ways off for me. So a lot of it is really ignoring. So knowing that Krishna says to those that are constantly devoted, that means part of the process is demonstrating to him that I'm not, as they say, a fair-weather friend. You know, I laughed, and Prabhupada even talks about that. He, there, there's one or two purports and lectures where he mentions sometimes we see devotees come to take shelter of Krishna, and when their material situation improves a little bit, they go away again. So part of it is there that Krishna's Maya's testing and Krishna's testing. You know how how serious are you about this relationship? Oh Krishna, please, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, please engage me in your service, please accept me. But then there's a question: Well, how much do you want me? How badly do you want me? And of course, we know tenth canto. I think tenth canto Bhagavatam and nectar devotion describes that one of the prerequisites or the requirements for pure devotional service. <coughs> is that this this concept that we need to go on suffering whatever those reactions are diabak I don't know the full verse but that concept diabak we need to go on suffering whatever the reactions are coming from our past misdeeds and we all know even in the, this lifetime we so many misdeeds are there so there's going to be reactions and we're going to have to tolerate those and that then it becomes our rightful claim it describes it becomes our rightful claim if we have that mentality and even on a more general level second or so instruction of Bhagavad Gita Matras the world's a place of difficulty. In Buddhism, I believe it's their first teaching, isn't it? Life is suffering. You know, in the modern version, there was some recent popular book a few years ago, Life is Difficult. I kind of toned it down for the Western audience a little bit. So sometimes we have to keep that in perspective, too. It, it is difficult. There, there's a lot of suffering. So that... that that kind of philosophical underpinning is, is important. And also remembering, again, some Shastric references, Bhaktanam Jakatapasam. Krishna, he's the supreme controller, the supreme proprietor, the supreme enjoyer, and the supreme friend. So to keep that in mind, he's our friend. And I don't know, I can say for myself, every once in a while, I, you know, say to Krishna, go in front of the deities, okay, Lord, please forgive me, but what kind of friend are you? 
And I'm going through a few difficulties here. Can you clarify these things a little bit, how this is your friendly relationship with me? Please don't take offense, because we're friends. So please don't, so please don't take offense. But I really need to understand a little more clearly. How are you helping me? How is this situation helping me? I really don't understand it. And uh, if you have some other way to help me, that might be nice to consider. Uh, ultimately, you're in control, so I accept it. But if you could consider a few options, please do so. And if you can't do that, maybe you can at least help me understand why you've chosen this option. And if you don't want to do that, at least give me the strength. At least give me the strength that I don't give up the shelter below his feet in the midst of these difficulties. So that's one kind of general thing. We have to keep things in a philosophical context. <clears throat> Another point is that we, we can remember, we see through the Shastra and the history of so many great Vaishnavas who underwent so many difficulties and Krishna always is there to protect them. And sometimes he comes at the last minute just to kind of intensify the dramatic story, his leela, or sometimes, maybe all times, to also intensify their devotion. And we think of the story of Rukmini. She was kind of like, it was down to the last minute. It's like, okay, so, you know, Krishna, you're God, but here's what you should do. You need to come to this place at this time and capture me in this way, and this is what's going to happen. And she's starting to think, maybe my plan isn't going to happen because he's not here yet. He's definitely, you know, this is like your cue. I'm walking out of the temple and now's the time, you know, where are you? And where's the Brahmin? He never came back, so maybe he didn't get the message. So all of this anxiety, some concern, and just at the right moment, at the last, Krishna comes in, sweeps, sweeps her up, and gives her the rain and the chariot, defeats the princes, and rides off into... Uh, spiritual history of the Christian book forever to benefit us with that wonderful pastime. And so many other examples are there. You know, Dropadi. I mean, it was down to... She's surrounded by great kings and her five husbands and who's going to protect her? Krishna took care of her. Krishna protected her. Um, Kunti, of course, most famous for Krishna bring these difficulties again and again, but how many difficulties did she undergo? And it just, she continued to take shelter of Krishna. Krishna protected her through all of that and put Yudhisthira on, on the throne. You know, Prahlad Maharaj, you know, so many, many, many examples. And in current time, you know, more, more modern times, we have, you know, Prabhupada, Rabindra Supra was reminding me last night <coughs> when Prabhupada, was it after he took Soon after he took sannyas, but he had gone to Vrindavan at any rate. He was in Vrindavan, so he'd given up his family life, maybe not taken sannyas yet, but given up his family life. He's in Vrindavan, he's fully focusing on preaching, he's walking down a narrow street, and a cow charges him and gores him with her horn. And, uh, you know, Prabhupada, at least in the Leelamrita, I'm not sure the reference Satsrupa Maharaj gives to that, but it's explained there. Prabhupada was asking, why did this happen? He was wondering, why why did this happen? You know, and in part, so we can hear about it 50, 60 years later and think, well, if Prabhupada even had, you know, had such challenges, who am I? You know, with my challenges and just one wonderful example he set for us. So that's the second point. One, keep it in the philosophical reference of where we're trying to go and how rare an opportunity this is. Second, we understand historically how Krishna protects his devotees. We see that again and again. And then in terms of some practical things, um, I heard something uh, recently uh, attributed to uh, someone, according to one book I had, is no great friend of India, but Winston Churchill 
one wise thing he said was, if you're going through hell, anybody heard this before? If you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> if you're going through hell, keep going. So I think it's a wise expression because sometimes in our practice of Krishna conscious, as as Marge's question pointed out, sometimes it can it can be very difficult. And um, I mean, there there's serious tests. It's like, do you really want to give up the material world? And we came here, yes, Krishna, I want to come to this material world. And there's so many things and so many lifetimes and so many desires that may be deep in our heart, and it's 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 difficult. Sometimes it can be very very difficult. So. Keep going, number one, don't give up. Some practical things, pray to Krishna. What is the reason that these difficulties are there? They're there to help remind us we need to take shelter of Krishna. So when it's difficult, don't fight it. Take shelter of Krishna. And we know it's explained that we should recite the prayers of the great Acharyas, previous Acharyas, but also we should offer our own prayers. Please, Krishna, first glorify the Lord as the process given by the Acharyas, but then give him our appeal. Krishna, I'm having some difficulty with this situation. Um, Sometimes I've heard devotees explain that in their (coughs) mood of, of, of prayer, they go in front of the deities and they pray, Krishna, this is too much for me to handle. I can't handle this. So I'm supposed to give you everything. I'm going to give you this difficulty. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm taking it in my palm like Gunga water, and I'm putting it at your lotus feet, and it's up to you however you want to deal with it. You want to protect me, you can protect me. If you don't want to protect me, that's your choice. But I, this problem is too big for me. So I'm, I'm giving up unto you. Of course, always taking shelter of the different process of devotional service. We mentioned prayer, chanting, trying to, 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 to chant, remembering what we're, we're talking to Krishna. He's our protector. Taking shelter of, device, of devotee association. And one thing I think sometimes important to remember that, again, Krishna is a person. And it's, it can be very easy to be a devotee when times are very, very good. And our philosophy is that we're actually meant not just to surrender to Krishna, but to love Krishna. It's a personal relationship. And if we actually love Krishna, if we're trying to awaken that love for Krishna, we're trying to demonstrate that love for Krishna, the time when love is really shown is when it's difficult. So sometimes we can try to think like that. Okay, Krishna is very tough, but in one sense, maybe now's my chance to show myself a little bit and to show you. I really mean it. I really, really, I really do want to be your devotee. No matter how difficult, no matter what you take away, no matter what you put in my path, no matter how many problems you give. And I'll end with just, uh, so I remember a few years ago, a couple of devotees at New Vrindavan, the Festival of Inspiration, organized some conference on, um, you know, why bad things happen to good people kind of a thing. And they asked everybody to go around the room and talk about some of the problems that they'd had challenged and they had to overcome. And you know, I was my I actually told the story of a friend of mine whose wife had died under very uh, you know unexpected circumstances. She was perfectly healthy and she just died, and you know it was traumatic for him. Tested his faith because I didn't really have anything so heavy to share. There was at least two or three women there who had lost children, devotee women, and um, talked about how going through this, this this big challenge and how they main, maintained their faith and, and, and what it how difficult it was. I remember one woman saying, she said, in summary of her comments, she said, you know, there's no question. She said, I would, as I would easily cut off my arm to have my son back 
It was so painful to lose her child. And she said, and there's no question, I would give up my life in a moment if he could have his life back. She said it was that difficult. So in terms of, you know, why these things happen, she said, I, I don't know why it happened. She said, but one realization, really amazing to hear her say this. She said, one realization I've had is I've seen to this experience how much love I, as an insignificant, tiny, tiny jiva soul, has for my son, who was only connected to me in this one lifetime. But so much love, intensity of my love for my son. She said, it just makes me begin to realize how much love Krishna has for us. Mm. That was her realization through that very, very difficult experience. Hare Krishna. The question that has been assigned to me, or there were some suggestions and this one came my way, it's similar to what um, Anutama's question was, but there are some elements that are different. And before I begin the question and responding to it, just looking at the clock, it's a little bit after nine. And according to our schedule, Monday morning, we're doing our panel discussion till 9.30. And in case you wondered why we're not going to have breakfast, it's um, so we can have a late breakfast so that you can take some... It has to, it has to do with... In some cases, people come from very far away places and so there's early breakfast, but then they take something with them and so forth. So our schedule, we, 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 we can do a little bit, we can be a little flexible is what I'm thinking. We're supposed to end at 9.30, according to the schedule, from 9.30 to 10.15 is kirtan, and then it's brunch. Interesting. So we could go a little bit longer, or we could take that 45 minutes to, you know, do what devotees like to do, you know, spend some time with one another and all of that. We can do that. We can just keep the schedule as it is. We'll just so when we get to the 9:30 bell, we'll see what, where we are. Um, On the theme of exploring Guru Tattva, the theme of our retreat, sometimes it is experienced that a devotee um, has a difficulty. And when they have their difficulty, sometimes that devotee doesn't share their difficulty with their spiritual master and they become somewhat closed and privately go on with their difficulty and sometimes when that happens something else also happens and that is because they're having their difficulty they're not in their normal you know top form 
and amongst the peers there's a kind of peer judgment because they're underperforming or they're forgetful or they're grumpy or they're whatever it is they're less than you know, their top performance and so peer judgment starts and then the person feels even worse than they were already feeling and they not only kind of get more closed and more reclusive but they may even go away and stop their Krishna conscious practices or something like that so um, what about that what 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 can be done to minimize or help reduce that possibility something like that is that does that touch on the question do you have the do the question a little elaboration a little bit uh, we were thinking also particularly the difficulty in relationship turn the volume up please the difficulties the difficulty not like a general difficulty but like a difficulty particularly in relationship with those who are caring for the person meaning this you know shiksha guru diksha guru like that because devotees feel very afraid to openly express themselves even to the person who cares for them out of fear of aparad and so on uh-huh and so the very relationship the the person who actually cares for them they end up you know stepping back from there wait 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 we're going to give you the microphone when the block is not towards other devotees but the source of your inspiration and your uh, strength where you're getting well, where does the peer judgment thing fit into this picture this that's another question altogether or is it another layer of the same thing or because one is not so strongly connected is it part of it that you know they're, they're underperforming and a little short-tempered and a little the judgment is more because uh, because there's a disconnect happening with your source and and therefore there's some uh, lack of uh, performance or whatever in your devotional life which others can see and can perceive so it becomes a double layer uh, problem now i'm not connecting with my my okay. source like my inspiration and then and it's kind of a known thing for others so but i can't open up because of fear of judgments okay and aparad because i think this is a nice topic and i think it's something that after i speak i'd like both of to invite both of you to speak um i can think of three things immediately one is sounds like a microcosm of our relationship with krishna something similar to what rabindrasuru prabhu was sharing and i've heard him speak on this topic at other times also the um the spiritual master or those who are the principal sources of of giving krishna consciousness to us and receiving from them 
it's it's a they are representing Krishna. I mean, with different titles and different different nomenclature, they're representing Krishna, and Krishna is being delivered through that person. And the disconnect with that person simply is a reflection of our disconnect with Krishna. It's it's whatever the right language is. One implies the other. It, it indicates the other. And so, what do we do when we have our disconnect with Krishna? We go, you know, we can go to those who are representing Krishna and connect with those representing Krishna. But what if there's the disconnect with those that are representing Krishna? Well, okay, it's, it's, it is a reflection of our disconnect with Krishna to have a disconnect with those representing Krishna. Similar to, so what to do? Similar to what Ravindra Saruprabhu shared yesterday, one option is you call out even more to Krishna when you feel disconnected with Krishna to assert in your relationship with Krishna in prayer and other ways of expressing through your feelings in your prayers I want to be in my relationship with you. Now, we don't have the qualification to sit with Krishna and you know work out the details of our relationship with Him, because really the issue is not with Him. The, the, the issue, or the, the issue is not something problematic with Him. The issue is from our side. It's common tendency to put those who are helping us to connect with Krishna on such a pedestal that they may, you know, we think of them as like perfect, flawless beings, like Krishna is a perfect, flawless being, and they're not perfect, flawless beings, and we feel conflicted. It's not... Whether the person is a perfect, flawless being or not, we may still feel conflict with them. So we can go to them and have discussion. Like, you know, in, in any other relationship, but to, 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 be, to feel free, to feel the freedom with due respect, to disclose I'm feeling this conflict within my heart. And... Um, it's it's a little bit like the, the, this language that we were we were discussing yesterday, the blank slate language, um, not with a you know a, a predetermined view or or in in my mind or a stick in my hand or a finger pointing you know spirit, but I'd like to understand the you know this conflict that I'm feeling, you know where where the conflict lies. I don't know, but I'm feeling it, and I'd like some. I'd like I'd like it to, to be relieved. So, if the mood is right, that is, that is to say, the blank slate mood or this, you know, with submission mood, then a, a blockage in a relationship can be cleared. 
even coming forward with that expression in the right mood it helps clear the blockage just because part of like, like what um, Anuttama Prabhu was saying our, our, you know, the, the material tendency is something that's whatever it is gets magnified by our material mind and if we just establish or act in that relationship the magnitude shrinks to, or, or becomes properly sized and so what's most important is not quote the issue but what's most important is the relationship and and, and same principle applies in other relationships whatever those other relationships friend and friend or husband and wife or parent and child or whatever whatever you know the most important element in a relationship is commitment to the relationship and then when there's commitment to the relationship you can work things out whatever those things are and if there isn't commitment to the relationship there's this other spirit that fills that space of commitment to the relationship then it's really hard to work anything out something small becomes something big something that looks like this appears to be something that it isn't and and all kinds of maya starts to take hold so acting in Ravindra Prabhu said something yesterday that I say a little bit differently but it amounts to the same thing he held his hands like this and said you know here's where we are and here's the goal and what's not what's not important is where are you in that how close are you to the goal but what's important is that you're moving towards the goal I say uh, same thing in a different way specific to this question what's important in a spiritual master disciple relationship is not where somebody is in their trajectory but that they're acting in that relationship and acting in that relationship can very easily include help there's a I see a conf- I, I'm feeling experiencing a conflict in the relationship help so you know let it be addressed so it's, it's an open heart with 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 a, with a, with a a blank slate and let's let us try to understand the situation it's, it's a relationship similar to or a reflection of our relationship with Krishna and it comes in part a big part is faith faith in the process faith in Krishna faith in the person who's delivering Krishna faith in the message that's coming from that person or those persons delivering Krishna's message and based on that faith here's a person who is dedicating themselves to serve Krishna without without constraint without material consideration simply trying to serve like again as Ravindra's group has been saying in that mood of being the servant of the servant there's basis for faith and then the basis for faith and I 
My heart is open. I can express myself. Like that. So, um, establishing relationships. Well, one of the reasons that people become impersonalists, we know from Bhagavad Gita, Vita Raghavaya Krodha, they, they just like it's so difficult, forget it. Let me, let me become impersonal. But it takes work to be an impersonalist. <laughs> because it's totally artificial. And it's another kind of work to be established in a relationship with Krishna through the medium of Krishna's associates and Krishna's representatives and those that are empowered by Krishna to deliver Krishna. It's another kind of work. And, you know, we're encouraged to take that one, not the other one. The other one's a dead end. It's, it's, so, There, there's um, there's a lot of things nice about being a sannyasi, and one of the things over the years of being a sannyasi that I've noticed is um, because I go to different places, and then sometime later, some months later, or whatever, come back to that place, and it's like a little snapshot. And people that stay there, they don't get the snapshot. They get the, you know, slow motion. But from visiting places periodically, I have noticed there are devotees that progress very substantially and other devotees that aren't progressing substantially. Although externally it may look like they're doing, you know, the same things. So something else that's a factor that makes one progress substantially. Bhaktisiddhanta indicated one of them is, you know, attachment to sense gratification makes one not advance rapidly. But there's another counterpart to that, and that is where there are strong relationships with persons who are guiding someone, that person advances very substantially in the same amount of time. And there's a correlation between the two. A strong spiritual connection and um, the disconnect, same as what you were saying, a disconnect, a diminishing of the um, material entanglement. The, the, it, it, actually, it was Ravindra said that. And, and, and so one diminishes, the other increases. They're inversely proportionate. So if I value that relationship, then I invest in that relationship, whatever it takes to invest in that relationship. And investing in a relationship, you know, there's a material idea of what it means, and there's a transcendental idea of what it means. The transcendental idea is, this is meant to bring me closer to Krishna. And the material idea is, what am I going to get from this? What am I going to give up, and what am I going to get? The, the entrepreneurial calculation. 
transcendental relationships have a different principle there to bring me closer to Krishna. I want to become closer to Krishna. And so, on the strength of, of that, that goal, we're hearing, you were there in Chicago, hearing from, repeatedly from Vaisheshika um, Prabhu about the strength of goals. Oh, that was in our, in our meeting. Strength of goals. So, when the goal is clear, as that is strengthening our, restoring our relationship with Krishna, there are ways that Krishna gives us to do that. This is meant to help me do that. It's, it's a higher principle than just like, you know, where am I in the win or lose thing? The material calculation. It's part of a bigger picture. I want that. I want my relationship with Krishna. This is a very important part of it. So I invest in it. And it's, you know, it takes different forms and shapes and, you know, manners of expression. But that's, that's the goal. And this is such an essential part of that goal. So I work on it. I invest in it. For the transcendental purpose. And then um, yes, some light comes and then some darkness goes away. And you know, the struggle seems to like, wow, it wasn't such a big struggle after all. It was more my, my mind than it was real because the connection had become weakened. And therefore my connection with Krishna had become weakened. And so, anyway. The commitment to the relationship brings the, 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 the light of Krishna into the situation. And I, then I do that, I invest in a sensible way. If I don't know what sensible is, then I've got a problem. A little common sense is always very helpful in Krishna consciousness. But then I can consult with peers and others and how do I navigate this investing in, in this relationship kind of dialogue. And then we strengthen our relationships in other ways and, and so forth. It's just, it's all a bit part of the big picture of restoring our relationship with Krishna. So we're at 9.24. Would either of you like to comment on this? Sure. Um, we belong um, to a uh, high-demand religion. And this creates a problem. Because what we are very good at doing in the Hare Krishna movement is getting into people's heart very, very strongly a certain ideal, pure devotee. And that's in there. That's what I should be, is a pure devotee. Then my job has to be to properly deal with the gap between what I am and what a pure devotee is. Now the gap is there. And because of that gap, we will have a certain sense of inadequacy or personal failure. 
That's not exactly the immediate problem. The immediate problem is, is how to deal with that gap in a healthy way. Because there's certainly plenty of unhealthy ways of dealing with a gap. Lots of them. And you can see them. One way, if I, if I here's a pure devotee and here's what I am, uh, and one way to, I, I, I can deal with it is notice how bad everybody else is. And then I become a fault finder all the time. And that's one of the characteristics of high demand religion is there's a lot of fault finding. If you go to a bunch of nuns in a convent, you find that that's there. I mean, we're... Uh, that's uh, that's very unhealthy because you're not dealing with your problem. You just feel well. They have more problems than I do. You know? So the, the, what one needs the first thing to, to deal with healthy is uh, uh, what Prabhupada quotes Bhakti Siddhanta Sharalata, uh, simplicity or straightforwardness, absence of duplicity, and first of all about ourselves. Uh, 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 and just to accept, okay, I'm fallen. I understand that. Uh, and then uh, the, the not to lower the goal. That's another. We have different groups where they socialize around. Well, you know, this is okay, or that's okay, or this is okay. You know, and and you get you get. And this is Dharma Shaglani. It gradually goes down, and you know, it becomes a Karma Kanda religion. Well, I'm all right if I'm a big donor, or I'm, we substitute minor things for the major things, and I think I'm okay. Uh, and so on. So all these self-deception things are there. So to, to be to be lucid about it, and then how to deal with 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 my sense of inadequacy, and that that's where it really really is helpful that I have somebody that I can talk to about it. Because usually what we've done, we keep it a secret because we pass a judgment on ourselves. That we imagine that's what Krishna is doing or that's what Krishna's representatives are doing. If they knew what I was really like, they would just get rid of, you know, they would just condemn me harshly. And sometimes that harsh condemning is there from unexperienced people. When I, I was a new devotee, uh, and I was having kind of normal problems that have people are struggling with the basic regulative principles of Krishna consciousness in the beginning, and I made the mistake of telling a slightly older devotee about it. And his you're not a devotee. That's what he told me. You're not a... Later, I realized that he had even more problems than I did. <laughs> so, you, you know, but, but you should not be... A, 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 there should be that somebody you feel can... Because we only imagine that harsh judgment that we pass on ourselves. We imagine that this, if uh, the, my spiritual master knew what I was really like, or that the, they would, they would pass the same judgment. Um, 
and, and, and Krishna has not condemned us. But the, the fact is that, that Krishna wants us back. He wants us back very badly. And all we want to do is just to take, move forward. We were, were talking about this, to take the next step. And the first thing that, that's just really, really helpful, if there is somebody that we can talk to, that we're ideally the spiritual master or some other devotee that we, we can we, we can we can uh, open up about these uh, the problems that we have and we can inquire how do I make advancement in Krishna consciousness? It's very 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 uh, useful in, in that way. And if we we kind of we kind of uh, can socialize. And that is to say, relate to other people in, in an honest way. This is what devotees should, 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 should do without changing our standards, but help each other to advance in Krishna consciousness, understanding that we're in the material world, we're here because we blew it in our last lives. That's a, that's a given. So now let's go forward. And we, uh, and we need to do this in the association of devotees. It's a, 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 Sankirtan is a, it's a social movement. That's what makes it so powerful. Uh, the downside of it is when those social relationships break down. And to have healthy spiritual communities, there has to be this mutual support. And the fact is that... that somebody wants to become a devotee, that somebody's interested in Krishna, that wants to improve, that, 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 that by itself is enough. And then the people who isolate themselves, change the standard, uh, seek out people with the same anarthas as they have to reinforce them, and, and uh, uh, that becomes a, a, a problem in our movement and that, that of course, we, 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 we have to deal with. But we should seek out those people with, with whom we, we, we can, uh, as it says in the Nectar of Instruction, inquire in confidence and, and here uh, and, and foster that exchange uh, with devotees and uh, the spiritual master should be one that you feel you can do that fantastic you want to do a follow up yeah. Hare Krishna I'll just maybe a couple of thoughts Agreeing with everything that's been said, and maybe just add a couple other things. As Maharaj has been emphasizing very nicely for us, it's it's about relationship, and we know that the relationship with Krishna is strained. The relationship with every living entity practically is strained, and I can't speak about you know going to my Diksha guru and asking him questions because I never had that opportunity. I have other ways I try to talk to him and sometimes I think he gives me instructions in many ways so I can't comment on that but I think that um, I've seen from my own experience and relationship with senior devotees or mentors people I can take shelter of in that it's a relationship it, it, it also has its ebbs and its flows and and in one sense, like Rabindra Suprabhu was saying, I mean, ideally, I love Krishna, ideally I'm pure, but I'm not. And 
and I think we probably all have experiences. I definitely do. Sometimes I go in front of the deities and I just really have some sense this is Krishna and he is very kind and this is my Lord and I'm blessed by his association. Other times, you know, it's like I feel like a stone and he feels like a stone. Mm. He's not a stone. I know that intellectually, but right now I don't feel his presence and I don't feel very much affection coming from me. So I've experienced him just in terms of different people I take shelter of. And and sometimes, you know, there's certain things I want to talk about, and I can talk about it with a particular person who's like a senior person to me and who helps me. And other times, for whatever reason, it's like I don't feel so much I can talk to that person. Hmm. I want to be able to talk to that person. I respect that person. I love that person. I take shelter of that person. But in the ebbs and flows of relationship right now, he's not the right one for me to talk to. So just in terms of the general principle of mentors. Um, and it may be just completely my issue or, or, or whatever. I, I, can't, I can't say. Um, so I take shelter of a different friend or a different mentor. I'm still taking shelter of all these people. But in this particular instance, I feel more comfortable talking about this with this particular person. And I'm thinking in terms of, you know, like in a marriage relationship, most devotees here are, are married. I mean, ideally, we should be able to talk everything out with our spouse. And there definitely are times are it's better if we don't talk about this right now. <laughs> There's no question about it. And it may just be because I've got issues and it's all my problem and, and, you know, my wife or my husband is saying, but wait, we went to that seminar and we're supposed to talk and communicate. And, you know, Nudim is the communication director and he said, you should reveal your heart. It's like, well, yeah, I know I should, but I can't right now. It's just, it's not the right time. You know, I think in terms of like my three grandchildren and grandparents generally don't have to discipline so I just kind of watch my son and daughter-in-law discipline and sometimes it's like okay it's time out you know and one of the little ones is you take a time out you got to go in the room you got to calm down you know get your head together again and when you're ready to come out we'll talk so I think you know sometimes relationships are like that too sometimes we need a little time out now of course with the spiritual master you know that's in its it's a unique category and our relationship with Krishna is certainly in its in a special category the relationship is always there but again sometimes I'm not capable of offering feeling prayers sometimes I'm not capable of really revealing my mind to the Lord but that doesn't mean I break the relationship doesn't mean I minimize the relationship doesn't mean it's not the most important thing to me but this may be the time I can't talk about this particular thing so much I want to. I look forward to that day, but maybe right now I can't. And I just think in the context of what Ravina Superbu was saying about, you know, the difficulties we have and all that. So I think that, um, you know, part of putting the pressure on ourselves, I mean, I, I sometimes I feel like, kind of go back maybe to the first question I had, what do you do when times are tough? And I think part of it is, okay, Krishna, I can't chant feelingly today. I can't really do very much today. You know, maybe I'm going to do too hard on myself, but I really, there's not a whole lot in here. But I can chant one more mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, I can eat one more bite of prasadam. You know, if I can't do anything else today, you know, I can answer one phone call. You know, even if, even if, like, I can't do anything else, but I go home and take a nap. 
and get up and, and clean the house for you. I can do something for you today, no matter how difficult it is. So I think it's the same way sometimes in terms of our relationship. Sometimes, I mean, I have God brothers and, or, you know, whatever, the extended family that are very dear to me. And I say, I, I've been through periods where I, I'm kind of like separated from that person for a while. Just in terms of the general relationships with devotees, again. And I'm looking forward to when that relationship, maybe something's got to happen with them, with me. And then it can kind of go full speed again. And I think that's part of the ebb and flow. And I think that's one thing that we, we talk about in this disciple course that so many senior devotees put together and the GBCs endorsed that one of the things in Krishna consciousness we're very fortunate <clears throat> I know we've many of us probably most of us have seen if you've been around a little while like when a young couple gets married in Krishna consciousness sometimes there's a tendency to kind of you know go off together on the subtle platform or, or even you know physically isolate themselves a little bit because there's a sense of like wow you are everything and I'm you know now I'm satisfied because I've got this relationship and nobody, then it can become a little strange, like nobody really understands this as, you know, I understand you, you understand me and let's kind of pull back a little bit and, and the rest of us are kind of watching and, you know, counting the, the days and helping them not get too far away. But at a certain point in time you realize, you know, my wife's wonderful but she's not Krishna and she's not my spiritual master and this is an important relationship for me but it's not everything and all and it's part of my life and I need the broader you know community but we tend to kind of get separated a little bit so you know part of the process is realizing how we need each other we need all these relationships and the disciple course we talk about in ISKCON how we're so fortunate because we have our founder Charya and we all take shelter of our founder Charya and we have our Diksha Guru and we take shelter of our Diksha Guru and we have Siksha Gurus and a new term I learned from your presentation yesterday I'd never seen it before Shravana Gurus it was fascinating. I think it's like a whole... Read that, read that article. It's yeah, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to read it okay. yet, but it's very, very interesting. Commentary, actually. So, so we have so many sources, and, and sometimes we may naturally... I, mean, I can save it myself in front of the deities and Prabhupada. But sometimes I just feel super connected to Prabhupada, I mean, for me. And other times I may not feel so connected. And Rabindu Suprabhu sometimes talks about how certain things he's come across in Krishna consciousness and he's not quite sure how to understand it or put it. And he describes, he puts a bracket around it. It's like, okay, Prabhupada said this. You go, well, hmm, you know. I can't completely understand or accept that now, and I'm certainly not going to reject it because he's my guru, he's a founder of Charya, but I don't know how to kind of... So I put a bracket around it. You know, it's still there, but I'm going to kind of like zoom to the next sentence for now, and I'll come back and look at it later. Then I think, you know, that's that's part of our ongoing process. So we're fortunate that, you know, I have my Diksha Guru I can take shelter of. I've got other Siksha Gurus I can shelter of. And sometimes there may be a mentor in the temple that you took shelter for a lot of years and something may happen. You don't feel close to them for a certain period of time. And that's okay. I mean, it's not great. But, you know, don't commit further offenses. But don't expect we can just push a button. It's automatically going to change. But we have other places we can take shelter of. So I think that's part of the beauty of our Krishna consciousness. In this uh, uh, society. I mean, it's wonderful. Like, Mirage organizes these festivals, and I think a lot of you, most of you, are, are, are addiction disciples of Rompan Mirage, yet he's 
you know, very kindly invites people like me, not so many qualifications, and Ramina Suprabhu, a senior devotee, to come and, you know, share their insights. So there's little different nuances, and hopefully it's, it's helping enhance your relationship with Rompat Swami, enhances your relationship with Prabhu, enhances your relationship with Iskan and Krishna. And there may be nuances and there may be some little differences there, but it's all part of the flavor of, of becoming devotees. So that's part of what enriches us. Um, looking at our schedule, it says we have until 10.15 until we have brunch. So I could ask for a hand vote, but I think I'll just do the following without you know, asking your permission to do this. Um, there, the, the thought I have is there are two persons that help frame this question and that's Prematrangani and Hemangi. And if you could, having heard what you heard, ask you know, any other thought or nuance on the topic and then ask, I'd like to ask Rukmini to respond to that. Although this is not, this is a panel and later we're going to be doing questions and answers. So we'll gather up some questions so we'll do some questions and answers and Rukmini can be sitting with us. But this particular topic is a lively and an important topic and if, with your permission I'd like to do that. Just Himangi and Premitrangani, what you've heard, any further thoughts on this and then the microphone can go to Rukmini and she can share with us her thoughts. This is for uh, Ravinda Prabhu on what you spoke. Um, can you do that at 10, whatever it is, for the questions and answers okay. session? We're going to come back okay. later for questions and answers. I'd, I'd like to hear Rukmini speak because, you know, in, in, no. But is, out of what you've heard, aside from you want to address something to Rabindra. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Nothing. Premitrangani, any thoughts on what you've heard and, you know, some further probing and on the topic of and hear what Rukmini says? And if, she's, if you're, like, not right at the moment, I need some time to think about it. Is, is that... Need to process. Okay, then... I'll say the question again and invite Rukmini to respond. The question specifically on the topic of if I'm feeling some difficulty in my relationship with my guru or shiksha guru or guide or the principal source or sources of what's delivering Krishna and sustaining my Krishna conscious life, if I'm feeling some difficulty in that relationship what should I do and then there may be this peer relationship thing where people are judging me because oh you've drifted from your relationship with that person or those principal guides and and that's like another blow upon the, the one that's already existing and what should such a person do what would your advice be for such a person? Um, Go ahead. Um, just one small part, which has already been touched on, 
Well, I was thinking particularly about Rukmini Mataji answering this part because I know this is something very important to her, knowing her for many years. Um, the part of just there has been like harshness and like you know that kind of very strictness in the history of our movement and therefore this fear of judgment and so on um, so part of the question was also what is it that we together um, as as a community as leaders what is it that we can do to create further that further the culture of just um, the, the invitation or the, the, the openness or the softness, you know, that, that kind of atmosphere. Specific to the guru-disciple relationship or one who is giving Krishna consciousness to another softness in that relationship or softness horizontally? Um, or both? Both. Okay. Is that... I really like that you just said, Maharaj, about uh, the idea of horizontal, vertical relationships. Um, it's all very important, you know, when we think of our instructions from Shastra about healthy relationships, different kinds of relationships. So we have the vertical relationship with, with Krishna, with our guru, um, even with Siksha gurus. Then we have, um, that's, that's essential and so important. And then, um, you know, so, so finding mentors, finding someone to whom we can, our heart can feel vulnerable, where, where um, you know, someone, I, I guess what I want to talk about is vulnerability, because Rabindra Sarup was speaking so beautifully last night about this principle of dainya, about being vulnerable, being approaching in humility, and and you know the the beautiful rewards of that kind of consciousness but we really don't want to be vulnerable to the wrong people you know like i think of i think of draupadi and and dusasan you know she she did not want to be naked and vulnerable to dusasan he he would have been the wrong person to be vulnerable to so you know, that vulnerability in relationships. So first of all, there's that vertical relationship with the guru, with the diksha guru, with siksha guru, with, with Krishna himself. And then there, there are the lateral relationships uh, that are so important in our lives to, to actually have friends with peers that, and, and to not be competitive, but to have a relationship where, um, you know, maybe part of this comes in with husband and wife where, you know, maybe something's wrong and we don't want to take rest at night without making sure that he's okay or she's okay with whatever happened today. You know, make, don't go to sleep angry about something. Communicate it. And, um, the, you know, maybe someone would say that's not a lateral relationship, but lateral relationships with friends who you can trust, who you know are serious and fixed on the path, but that someone you can really open your heart to in a way that's 
that's not your authority that you feel that kind of um, you know that kind of maybe fear of, of offense or but someone who's very dear and in the same way you know the other the other relationship of being able to share Krishna consciousness with other people who are new on the path and I think we tend to get off kilter off balance in those relationships and then something's wrong but but I believe when our relationships are healthy in those three areas then we do feel more balanced and we do feel more whole as people um, and then there's the principle of Sadhu Shastra Guru you know maybe sometimes you just feel like there's just nobody I can talk to about that this right now which is not a good thing it's good to always have somebody that you feel you can talk to but sometimes you might feel that there is nobody I can talk to right now so Sadhu Shastra Guru sometimes you can just sit down with the Bhagavad Gita and uh, or the Srimad Bhagavatam and just say this is my dilemma I mean I remember when I first read Bhagavad Gita and I heard this is a conversation between the soul and God I just thought well great that's not my situation I don't have God here you know that I can ask my tell my problems to ask my question but the fact is we do understand through Sadhu Sangha through disciplic succession we do have that great fortune but sometimes just the Gita itself or the Bhagavatam itself sit down with your deepest heart prayer you know and uh, and and what you were saying something about this this morning, right? What were you saying? Anyway, just being able go ahead. Just being able to approach Sadhu Shastra Guru. But use your fine discrimination and this is where reading prayerfully, chanting prayerfully, being serious in your sadhana, to be able to recognize what is a sadhu. I mean if you go and open your heart and open your vulnerability to someone who is a fault finder, who um Rabindasuru Prabhu always talks about people's comments about ISKCON are often autobiographical. You know, so someone who's got a lot of acts to grind about ISKCON this and ISKCON that, usually they're talking about themselves. When it's finger pointing, all the other fingers are pointing back, right? So be very careful who you open your vulnerability too because you'll really like uh, Rabindu Prabhu was just saying he realized that older so called older devotee he was revealing his mind to he had more problems than younger devotees so be careful it's, that it's not Dusasan or, or someone on the path of Dusasan somewhere reveal your mind to someone very trusted and and if you're looking for soft heartedness then uh, go to someone who you think has some realization about soft heartedness or if you're looking for um, you know deep spiritual understanding go to someone who has it in stock and and I think um, it's 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 just wisdom and and I guess adulthood I'm thinking of this quote from um, Thomas Merton right now where he says that love is not about getting it's not about getting when you think of children it's about me me and me and I want it now and mommy you're my servant and I want it now and you know so Thomas Merton says love is not about getting but quite the contrary it's about giving and and that consciousness of getting 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 makes love impossible and he says something really beautiful that in order to love we have to crawl out of the cradle 
of, of, of thinking that it's all about me, it's all about getting, and, and grow up to the maturity of, of giving. And this is bhakti, this is Krishna consciousness, that, that let me give. And, um, you know, just as Vyasadeva's heart wasn't satisfied after he'd, he'd written all of the Vedic literatures and codified and, you know, made it simplified and everything. But he recognized that, you know, his guru pointed out to him, Narada Muni pointed out to him, you have not sufficiently glorified Krishna. So sometimes that's just the problem. Sometimes the problem, you know, sometimes if you go on Harinam Sankirtan or sit down with the Bhagavad Gita and read a chapter or... Um, you know, any number of things, you know, just do something kind for a god sister or god brother. Sometimes all of a sudden, you're, you know, your problem vanishes. But it's because we have not sufficiently glorified Krishna or served a devotee. Or, so I just love the idea of the vertical and the horizontal relationships and, and just the wholeness. We're looking for wholehearted love. That's what we're here for. We're not looking for the shadow. Remember at the wonderful Sadhu Sangha retreat, um, Sachinandan Swami on the last day was talking about, well, there were 1,400 people there, I think. And he was saying that, what if the cooks just made one pizza for all of us and and then said, okay, now we're going to shine a light on that pizza and everybody else has to eat the shadow. So, um, yeah, how are you going to feel if you're going to have to eat the shadow of the pizza? Are, is your hunger going to be satisfied? No, so we, don't, we can't really survive well in Krishna consciousness. Or I remember Tamal Krishna Maharaj used to say, if you can't be Krishna conscious, at least be conscious. <laughs> so, you know, we can't really live happily with with just the shadow relationship. We have to have deep, loving, sustaining, whole relationships of those three different kinds, vertical, lateral, and, and reaching out to people who who know less than we do, you know? Yeah, otherwise living in the shadow can't satisfy the heart. So thoughts. Hare Krishna. So thank you very much. Now we'll go back to our schedule. So we have a little break. According to this clock, it's 20 minutes before breakfast. So Mukunda, you can have a little kirtan for 20 minutes, or however long you like. But, you know, set up now, if you would. And those of you that want to join the kirtan can join the kirtan, and those of you that wish to have conversation Please go outside for the conversation so we can have nice kirtan here in the mood of kirtan. Get set up. And then breakfast at 10.15 and we come back according to the schedule at 11.30. At 11.30. That's a long breakfast. 10.15 to 11.30. So you can have a long kirtan as long as you like. And um, in between, if there are questions that you have that you'd like us to discuss at 11.30, write them down, give them to Ajita, our friendly registrar, and um, we'll, we'll select some from those questions.
Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Yeah,